podcast contains mature content. The views and opinions expressed by the co-hosts are not necessarily those of the host. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Smack and the Raw podcast, and we are here to shock the system. I am the warden, Matt Ritter, Bay Bay, and I am here with the Messiah of swear words, Sir Cussalot Travis Pointer. This is episode 46 of the Smack and the Raw podcast. Travis, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great, man. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. Uh, it was a little stressful uh, Friday and Monday, but things have seemed to peter out at work, so uh, I'm not doing too bad. Um, before we continue, I think your microphone is like rubbing your beard right now. Well, you know what? I got that set on backwards. Hold on a second. It was rubbing my shoulder. Oh, well, yeah. That might fix it, you know. You might want to put yeah, your head so, on the right way. Yeah, well, like I said, it's been a it's been a rough week, but it's starting to get better. So anyway, uh, starting off with news, something from Monday Night Raw. We had a big show si- sighting. He, you know, uh, before we continue, Jesus Christ! Before the show started, like legitimately, before the show started, I said to myself, "Where the fuck is Big Show?" Because I just realized that I hadn't seen him in forever. And I'm like, let me look and see what happened. Apparently, he had some kind of injury like, like at the end of last year. He was getting hip surgery. He got a hip replacement, yeah. and he's been working on coming back. Yeah. I'm like, I was just like, where the fuck has he been? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's all good. Um. Anyway, came out a little thing for the Special Olympics, which was nice. Uh, they had the Texas... Uh, division of the Special Olympics out on stage with them promoting stuff for the Special Olympics, but it was just cool to get a big show sighting. You were Mm -hmm. talking about how you were wondering where he's been. There have been a lot of superstars that just haven't had TV time as of late. Like, the Iconics haven't been on SmackDown, I don't think, the last two weeks, if not longer. They weren't on last week. I don't have anything in my notes about them. Hmm. I I know we didn't talk about them. Because every time we talk about Peyton Royce, you talk about what position you want to get her in or something dirty to that effect. So I don't believe that. <clears throat> Are you sober this week? Because you were pretty drunk last week. Right now I am. Yeah, you were. I think you texted me laughing about a lot of the shit you went back and heard yourself say and how you were slurring. Yo, normally we can, I, I don't like to listen to myself. But like just from what you told me, I'm like, I should probably hear this. So I went back and listened to it, and Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. It was really fucked up. I also want to let everyone know that uh, Travis may disappear at some point through this podcast, and I may be finishing it on my own. If I have to, I will uh, call on the rack to help me finish out this podcast so that you guys don't just have to listen to me talk to myself. When I'm um, most likely that won't happen, I've think i've got it to the point where i'll last through the whole thing but you know all right um also they dropped the trailer for bumblebee and despite our uh former co-host now sporadic guest host eric's reports john cena is not bumblebee john cena looks like he is a military agent aiding bumblebee or against bumblebee let me just say when i saw that trailer I was very pleasantly surprised. Like I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, so you all recognize that you can actually like use stuff from the old days cartoon and make it work instead of just making them all look like you took some spare, like spare metal shards and threw them in a blender. Because <laughs> <clears throat> if you really you look at it, look, like, 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 look how look what Starscream looked like in that trailer. Like, oh, he actually looked like Starscream instead of just a bunch of metal pieces slammed together that kind of looks like something that used to be a plane when he's standing up. But go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. That's true. I was just asking if you had anything else about John Cena and his small little part in that trailer. I'm about to say, we just saw him stand there for a second and they moved on because who gives a shit about John Cena in this movie? It's all about the fucking robots. Well, Eric and apparently Mordecai reported that John Cena would be playing Bumblebee and that it would be John Cena's head on Bumblebee's body. For well, the nobody movie. said that Mordecai was, was infallible. <laughs> I did, actually. I No, I didn't say he was infallible. I said he was constantly fallible. 
Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. Are you, you told me to remind you about this? Are you prepared for a travesty of the week this week? I'm I'm not properly prepared for it, but I'm sure we'll come across it during the show at some point. So. All right, because you told me I need to make you give us a travesty of the week every oh, yeah. week. Yeah, we'll and do if- it. It'll, it'll still happen. But, yeah, because in typical Travis fashion, I was very intoxicated last week because I just don't podcast sober. It's just not my thing. So, yeah, I forgot all about it. So, yeah, thank you for reminding me. No problem. And if you don't have one, I got something that I'm sure you can turn into one. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Starting off with Monday Night Raw. Last week. Huh? What was was my travesty of the week last week? Uh, I don't remember, Travis. Granted, I should remember because I re-listened to the episode, but I don't remember what it was. But who knows? Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. So did I. Um, I think it had something to do with Shelton Benjamin not being in the Money in the Bank. I don't think that was it, but go ahead. Uh, Monday Night Raw started off with oh, Elias coming out to do his signature. I remember what it was. It was Braun Strowman not choke slamming fucking. Um, yes, that's what it was. Ben yeah. Bala. That's what it was. Okay, go ahead. New Kane, as you like to refer to him. So, anyway, I'm going to try this one more time, and I'm just going to talk over if you interrupt me. Before you Elias do that, let's just started the match. <laughs> Elias had a segment, came out. Um, he was interrupted by Seth Rollins, and then Jinder Mahal came, and blah, blah, blah. We had a tag match. Uh, and Elias and Jinder beat Seth and Roman. And then Roman went and found Jinder backstage, and they had a little brawl backstage. More just promoting the IC title match and the Jinder versus Roman match that no one gives a shit about. Yeah. That took up like almost the first half hour of Raw. <clears throat> yeah. It's more of them just I mean, I'm glad that, you know, they're they've established what their matches are before like the week of the pay per view. Don't get me wrong. I still feel like the qualifying matches were done too quickly. Um however, however. Of these two, the one I actually really do care about is the IC title match because I truly believe Elias can be like, you know, can like rule the mid card. I remember talking about this last week. And I don't know if now's the time to really do that, but you need to get the IC title off of Roman Reigns so he can compete for the world title. The problem is the world title off is. Off of Seth still, Rollins. Who did I say? Roman Reigns. Oh yeah, you need to like just put him in the mid card and keep him there and away from everything else. I'm sorry, I take that back. I was going to say, I think the words that just came out of your mouth, where Roman Reigns needs to compete for the Universal Title, should be the travesty of the week because that is never the case. I was wrong. I misspoke. Take that back. <laughs> anyway. I feel that, like- by the way, guys, on the 46th episode of the Smack and Raw podcast is a colossal moment because Travis never says I was wrong. He will say that he was wrong, but in a myriad of different ways, he will say I've been known to make mistakes. He'll say a bunch of different things, but the words I was wrong rarely ever comes out of Travis Pointer's mouth. Listen, listen. it's possible for me to be wrong. OK, it's happened once before. But, you know, things happen. Things happen. I misspoke, all right? I might be slightly more intoxicated than I thought I was. So I said the wrong name because I have multiple names floating around in my head right now. Anyway, Seth Rollins dropping the IC title, going back into the main event. Yeah, that's what I need to happen. The problem is that Brock still has that, and he probably won't lose it until SummerSlam. All right. Um, while we're on the subject of just kind of eh, shit for money in the bank, uh, Bobby Lashley's on. We're going to talk about him later. Bobby. Unless you want to talk about him now, we can get to him. Okay. Uh, Bobby. Bobby Lashley came out to confront. No, we'll, we'll talk about this because I actually wrote something good down for this. <laughs> so Bobby Lashley came out to confront Sami Zayn before their match. And he calls Sami Zayn out 
his music hits and he doesn't come down the ramp. Then bot or uh, Sammy is out in the crowd over by uh, the timekeeper where they ring the bell, but out in the crowd. And he pretty much does all the talking. Like he goes on for like five, six, seven minutes without letting Bobby get in a word. And the last few things he says are that Bobby doesn't really care about his sisters and that we don't even know if Bobby really even served in the military. And that is where Bobby Lashley drew the line. Because you say whatever you want about Bobby Lashley's family, but you do not question his service in the military. Travis has a question. Travis? Now, um, this might piss some people off. Great. But, um... Does it really count if you only join the military to be on the wrestling team? I'm sure all service counts, regardless of your reasons. I mean, but you're just on the wrestling team. Like, that's literally, I mean, he went to basic training because they all have to do that, but that's the extent of his combat experience. He was just, you know, on the wrestling team. It's kind of like the dude that like goes through all that training, but he was just like the cook. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, do we no, give I, everybody I, I, I get... the same level of just reverence and respect just because they signed their name on a piece of paper, or are that level? So, what you're saying is, does Bobby Lashley really deserve to get to celebrate Veterans Day because he was wrestled? Is that what you're yeah. asking? Like. Because you could have done that anywhere. I... Well, you know what? The perfect person to ask that is John. Oh, I'm going to. Now that you bring that up, I will bro- broach this question with Mr. Johnny Jumps Grutius. I'm going to need you to write that down so you don't forget. I'm going to forget, but yeah, remind me. Yeah, I know. I'll... But here's the great thing. When... Is he going to beg with you, by the way? Not. He is not going to Money in the Bank with me, no. But Eric okay. did say he was available to come on and do the live show. I don't want to. Um, he just had a few questions about how. Okay. I'm just fucking with you. Dude. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to have to figure out how you're going to get John to watch the pay per view. And also, he'll be watching I'm... Westworld with you, so you'll both miss the same shit. I know. I know. But still, I'll get him on okay. anyway. <laughs> All right. So, anyway. Uh, what was really funny about this, what I wrote down was as soon as Sami Zayn questioned Bobby Lashley's service, I've been complaining and complaining that all Bobby Lashley does is smile and he lost his smile. You saw the exact moment that Bobby Lashley lost his smile. Um, you're going to hate me for this, but I'm Mm going to get off the subject again here. Cause speaking of losing his smile. Let's go back to Seth Rollins for a second. Okay. Um, I'm okay with somebody, you know, drawing inspiration from superstars of the past, you know. But blatantly copying them is where I draw the line. His whole stomp the ground, burn it down thing before he super kicks somebody in the face thing bothers me. Because he stole the sweet chin music blatantly. Literally stealing the sweet chin music. Like, literally. Even though he's not kicking him in the chin, he's kicking him in the gut? Still. You know exactly what he's doing. And that is what I have a problem with. Come on now. Like, really? Do better. I feel like Dolph Ziggler is trying to steal Shawn Michaels' gimmick and has been for a long time. Much more so than Seth Rollins. How you figure? The blonde hair, he's done a lot of Shawn Michaels-esque things. I actually even think I've seen him stomp his boot and do the little stutter step before he super kicks people. I think he emulates Billy Gunn more than he emulates Shawn Michaels, but that's just me. Just because of the famouser? Well, that and just his mannerisms and everything. He like he literally acts like Mr. Ass in the ring. Like You got to watch him, but he does some Shawn Michaels stuff, but he acts more like 
singles competitor, Mr. Ass Post New Age Outlaws before becoming the one Billy Gunn. Like he acts more like him than he does like Shawn Michaels to me. But anyway, go ahead. Back to the Bobby Lashley thing. And him. Yeah, so you literally, as I said, saw the point where he lost his smile. He had been smiling on his way down to the ring. He's waving this and that, blah, blah, blah. That military comes up. And like I said, you can insult my family. You can insult everything that I love. But don't you question my service. That smile went away. And now hopefully, come next week, come Money in the Bank, we see the Bobby Lashley that we've been looking for, where he's not happy and smiling and coming down to the ring waving and you know, being a nice guy, he's straight-faced and kicking ass. So are you saying that if somehow Bobby Lashley were to hear like a certain clip from this podcast that involved me questioning whether or not we really deserve, he really deserves the amount of respect that, you know, some other servicemen get because he pretty much was just on their wrestling team, that would upset him? Not only would it upset him, but I would make sure to set up a time and place for Bobby Lashley to meet you, I would Facebook live the ass beating that you got without helping. And then I would send that video to world star hip hop. Listen, as long as as you also post it on Facebook and get us lots and lots of views, it might be worth it. Oh, I'm down with that. What's I'm absolutely down with that. Um, As long as we get our views and subscribers up, I'm all for it. Because, you know, more views, more, you know, more eyes on the product. More eyes on the product makes us more attractive to sponsors. More attractive to sponsors means we get money. So, yeah, I'm okay with that. And since you brought that up, I'm also going to work on that. Um, I told you a little bit about this, but I'll be doing a project for the other Facebook group that I run, uh, Terabytes. And I'm going to record what we do on Facebook Live four podcast sessions and if it goes well i will send you the recordings because you said that if it was good and i thought it would do well that uh you would absorb it i will also be promoting this podcast on our live facebook live shows to the almost hundred fucking people that we have in that group and anyone else that might see it if it gets shared uh to get more views on our podcast and so on and so forth so i'm going to promote us over there See, listen, 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 sir. You know, I'm all for transparency, but there's a line. Don't give people exact numbers. They don't need to know all that. All right. It's just how many people I have in a group that I created. I'm not telling them how many people actually listen to the show because you won't tell me. Oh, I know you don't know. It's the thing. That's what's so funny to me. Like, you have no idea how well it's actually doing, but I do. Yeah, no, I don't, and it drives me nuts. And he just tells me, don't worry about it. Just keep doing what you're doing. Exactly, because it's working. You don't need to know the exact numbers. Just just keep doing what you're doing. All right, well, back to doing what we're doing, what I was going to talk about before you started saying Bobby Lashley's name was the continued weird shit that we get with Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey. I'm still con- I'm I'm even more confused than I was last week cuz they just completely walked back what they did last week. Yeah, so last week she was the heel and she was coming out and she was being a dick and she was beating a jobber. Now, she has a match with Natalia and Natalia gets hurt and I don't know if it was a work hurt or if it was a shoot hurt. Was I'm guessing it was a work cuz I was looking for the X. I was looking for the ref to call the X. They don't even do that anymore because they've like started using that actually in works now. So they don't even use that anymore. What what really should have hinted you off that it was a work was when her leg was messed up, her right leg was messed up and Rhonda went to her left side to help her to support her weight (laughs) on the side that wasn't hurt. You know, it's just small, just small details that you got to make sure you pay attention to, Rhonda. If you're listening, you should be listening and tell everybody else about this show, even though I'm trashing you right now. But, you know, details. It's all in the details. So, essentially, they had this match. Natalia won the match. Rhonda, again, was on commentary, which I don't know why they keep putting her on commentary because she doesn't really say much in what she says. It almost sounds like she's not even paying attention or responding. It's very bad. But Nia, who turned heel last week. Yeah. Here's the thing about her on commentary. 
Yeah, she doesn't really say anything. She's not good on commentary. But to be quite honest with you, the commentary team is shitty anyway, so who cares? Corey Graves is the shit. Yeah, one out of three. That's 33%. You failed. Which is why Corey Graves is doing both shows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And this week we had David Otunga replacing the coach. Yeah. I didn't even know David Otunga was still with the company. Oh, not only is he still with the company, but interesting fact, he is from the city that I now live in here in Illinois. So he's kind of a hometown boy. He lives in Elgin? No, he's from Elgin. I don't think he lives here anymore, but he was from here. I refuse to believe that anybody's actually from Elgin. That seems like the kind of place that somebody just ends up in. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I refuse. It's like when I was living in Florida and I was in Tallahassee for a while. Like, literally, I met in the, let me see, six years that I was in Tallahassee, I met two people who are who were actually from Tallahassee. And they were brother and sister. All right. <laughs> like, so, Travis, this actually gets even more interesting. David Daniel Otunga was born April 7th, 1980. So, seven years and two days after my birthday. Before. Or seven years before and two days after my birthday is when he was born in Elgin, Illinois. Now resides in Chicago, Illinois. And the DJ at my uh, wedding... DJ uh, Risky Biz, he knows David Otunga, and he actually just posted a picture with him hanging out with David Otunga. That might be a bad omen, because, you know, that, that marriage between him and Jennifer Hudson is kind of like... Well, David Otunga didn't fucking DJ my wedding. A guy that knows David Otunga did, and I'm not worried about me and my wife's marriage, maybe, so... Maybe he DJed their wedding, too. He might have. I don't know. If he did, good for him. I'm sure he got paid much better than he got paid at my wedding. I mean, probably. I'm just saying, you know, keep an eye out. Like, he might have fucked up your marriage. Don't let nah, him. He's, he's a friend of the family. So, it it's cool because he knows actually quite a few famous people. He's doing this documentary on hip-hop. We're getting way off the fucking subject, Travis. We're talking about this Why abomination that is Ronda and I. I'm doing a podcast with me. It's not, but I, I'm getting us back on track. So, <laughs> Rhonda comes down. Naya is now acting like a good guy trying to check on Natalia. And I was waiting for Naya to attack Natalia or try I to. I wanted that so bad. I wanted it so bad, Matt. You have no idea. And she didn't fucking do it. And yeah. then they go in the backstage, and she's still trying to check on Natalia and saying that they're friends. And Rhonda's like, you need to get away from her, which, by the way... It wasn't Naya that hurt Natalia. Natalia hurt Natalia. So Rhonda has no reason to be mad at Naya for Natalia tweaking her knee coming off the ropes. What I needed to happen was in the midst of all the checking out and shit and Rhonda telling her to back off, Naya knocks the shit out of Rhonda in the back of her head and shit. Like, I needed that to happen. I needed her to fuck Oh, absolutely. Like, it, but it didn't happen, and I hate that it didn't happen. Oh, they're ruining this. They've had so many opportunities to have Ronda attack Nia when they're face-to-face in the ring and Nia's running her mouth, and they didn't take it. Now they had turn Nia heel and had the perfect opportunity for her to be a heel and attack her opponent, which could have ended one of two ways. Nia's standing over, an in, you know, Ronda Rousey, she knocks her out, or Ronda gets up unfazed and goes after Nia. Whatever the case may be, they had a great opportunity to make a fucking moment, and they didn't do it. Instead, we got this weird, I don't even know what the fuck Nia Jax is, heel or face, yeah. fucking whatever. I really just, when they turned her heel last week, as little sense as it made, I was happy that they did it. Because it's just like, you know, you need a powerful force for the face to overcome. She's a, She makes for a good heel. But they have this whole body positive thing that they're doing now. So, you know, they can't make her the heel. So they walked it back right away, which I hate. So I don't know what the fuck they're well, going to do. With her. I feel they like she can still be that. body positive and be a heel. Like she can still not give a fuck about what people think about the way she looks and mm-hmm. love the way she looks and be a heel. There are a lot of heels 
that love the fucking way they look. And part of them being a heel is how beautiful they think they are. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You are absolutely right. You are absolutely <laughs> right. A perfect example of that is Ravishing Rick Rude. Is it, did anybody love themselves yes, more than Ravishing Rick Rude? <laughs> As a matter of fact, if you want to keep Nia Jax a heel, what you do is you have her come out and talk about how beautiful she is and how amazing it is to be a big woman and how much more beautiful because she is a big woman, she is than all the other skinny girls on the roster. Have a body shame. Everybody that's thinner than her. Oh, that would be so great. You know how much I would love that shit. Oh man. Travis. Yo, they need to hire us right now. <laughs> listen, listen, they People, do. They don't need a, because their stocks are trading higher than ever. But still, like they put us on their on their writing staff. Listen, listen, listen to the top, and then when they get to the top, then they go. Oh yeah, absolutely. Higher. We got to keep rolling though. So one of the things that this whole Ronda Nia thing did give us that I, or made happen that I'm a little disappointed about is they got rid of the moments of bliss. I wish that they would have continued the moments of bliss with Alexa. And just on other subjects and other feuds because she is probably the best, if not top two best female talents that Raw still has. And she was in a six-woman tag team match, her partners being Sasha and Ember, and they took on the Riot Squad. And this was interesting because... Go ahead, Travis. I didn't see this. Okay. Well, then just listen. So... Maybe not even five minutes into the match, Alexa acts like she gets hurt, and she just fucking leaves. So now it's the three members of the Riot Squad versus Ember and Sasha, and the Riot Squad are going to town. Ember and Sasha get a little back and forth and kind of get comeuppance, but the Riot Squad's really taking over three to two. Out of nowhere, Travis, Bailey runs to the ring, gets on the apron, tags in the match, hits a Bailey to belly, and the ref counts one, two, three. And they declare Ember and Sasha and Bailey the winners of this match. And <laughs> the announcers were insinuating that Kurt Angle sent Bailey down to the ring. But what was great about this was what if you were watching live. Like, what if you were like in the building? Like they didn't get that explanation. So like... <laughs> Yeah, no, so well, here's what was great about this. Earlier on in the night, Baron Corbin was made the constable of Monday Night Raw. He is the official voice of Stephanie McMahon. (laughs) Hold on, I'm going to get to that. So he goes and he informs Kurt Angle. He goes and informs Kurt Angle with another official letter from Stephanie that he is now the voice of Stephanie McMahon and he is going to keep Kurt Angle and his bullshit in check. So Kurt Angle was going to let this slide and Baron Corbin goes, um, excuse me, Bailey was not part of that match. That's what we call interference. You need to go tell Ember and Sasha and Bailey that they're disqualified and we're stripping them of that win. The Riot Squad won that match. And he sent Kurt to go do that. So like, that's, that's another one of those things when you see, okay, you're like, all right, so what? Like, what does that mean? It's over now. Well, <laughs> this was a device used to continue to fuel the issues between Bailey and Sasha because as Ember and Bailey and Sasha are walking backstage, and they're happy that they got this win, and they're talking and everything, and Ember's like, you guys just need to hug it out. You know, Bailey came to our rescue, this and that. Kurt Angle shows up and drops that news, and immediately Bailey goes from the hero who came down and saved the day to the zero who is now the reason they lost this match. Speaking of hugging it out, how do we create a situation where I get to hug Amber Moon? Uh, what you do is you wait for a convention to come to Texas, you buy a ticket, you buy a photo op, and then you open your arms up like this and reach in for a hug for that photo op. And hopefully she's not I, a I dick think, and she reciprocates. I don't think you understand what I mean by hug. But let's move on. You mean you want her to hug your penis with her vagina, right? Travis, I've known you for a long time. I know what you mean. Um, 
And it could happen at a Comic-Con. I'm just trying to facilitate a meeting between the two of you where you could Isn't put your married? charm. I think he's married. Is she married? She might be, but that that's never bothered you before. It doesn't bother me. I'm Moving on. It might bother her. But anyway, go ahead. Move on. Oh, possibly. The other thing that Baron Corbin did, which was great, and which is why Baron Corbin is going to be winning for me for Monday Night Raw, Kurt Hawkins had a match against the jobber. Kurt Hawkins comes out and says, I have 100. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Is that the one about the tacos and shit I saw on Instagram? Yes. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Because this wasn't on the Hulu version. Tell me about this. Kurt Hawkins comes out. He cuts a promo, talks about how he's at 199 losses. But tonight, he is going to not hit 200 losses. And he's fighting a jobber. So it looks like Kurt Hawkins is going to win. And he says when he gets this win tonight, Everyone in the arena gets a free taco, and there's a table with soft-shell tacos and hard-shell tacos, corn, and fucking flour tortillas sitting out at ringside, right? If I'm in attendance in that building, I'm excited as fuck. Who doesn't like free tacos? Yo, do you remember back when the Bulls were like the shit, and there was a thing where if they score like 110 points or whatever, everybody in the arena gets free tacos? Yes, I do. So Baron Corbin comes out in the middle of Kurt Hawkins' match as Kurt Hawkins is about to win the match. He walks in the ring, he grabs the jobber, and hits the end of days. Kurt Hawkins is like, are you fucking serious? And Baron just laughs in his face and goes to leave. Kurt goes after him, Baron Corbin grabs a hard shell taco, smacks him across the face with it, and then flips the fucking taco table over on him and takes off to the back. Giving Kurt Hawkins his two, uh, 200th loss. And the people in the arena don't get their tacos. That's fucked up, man. <laughs> straight up, straight up fucking heel move. And it was amazing because you know how I feel about Baron Corbin. Yeah, It was see, fucking great. This may be the first thing. The first thing that Baron Corbin has done that I actually like. Because here's the thing. I appreciate a good heel move. And that's some real good heel shit. And you set this thing up to where the people in the crowd just know they're about to get free tacos and you take that away from them. Like, oh. that is probably on the list of heel moves you can make. Top five. Like, it, it's up there. It's oh, Travis. Not just because I'm a huge Baron Corbin fan. It was literally probably the funniest, best moment of the night. You got, you took free tacos away from the crowd because he's a heel. You took away Kurt Hawkins' first win after 199 losses, where it actually looked like he had a chance. He's fighting a jobber. Like, nobody loses to a jobber. And then immediately, this is when he goes in the back, and Kurt Angle's like, what was that? And he's like, oh, by the way, here's a note from Stephanie she thinks you've been fucking up. I'm the new constable of SmackDown. And it smacks Kurt Angle with that, too. So I feel like Baron Corbin is going to get a lot more entertaining in this new role as constable of SmackDown and pulling some heel shit, and I can't wait to see it. Here's the thing. If they do something that makes him actually interesting, maybe I'll start giving a shit about Baron Corbin. Maybe. If he's actually interesting. Fair enough. We, now, he hasn't done anything We will yet. see. But now he seems like he has. I, I will say, I will say that they they have not done a great job with Baron Corbin. But in one night, he took tacos away from the crowd. He took away the first win that Kurt Hawkins was going to have after 199 losses, put him at 200, and he took a win away from two of the biggest female faces on the roster in Ember Moon and Sasha Banks. If I was in that arena. Granted, I would have to be sitting pretty close, which let's just be honest. If I go to one of these things, I'm going to be sitting close. I'm not buying cheap. But I would go to the stands and buy a taco myself just so I could throw it into the ring to say, fuck you, Baron Corbin. <laughs> All right. Last thing. Tacos, I'll buy one just to fuck up your show. I don't even care if they kick me out of the arena for it. Whatever. I'll do it during the main event. Throw a fucking taco into the ring. 
Go ahead. Fair enough. Speaking of the main event, we had Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens. It was a good match. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. One more thing. Strowman had a match against Bobby Roode, and the only thing that was really cool about this was Bobby Roode pulled out a ladder and bridged it between the barricade and the ring, and Braun Strowman came over and smashed the fucking ladder with his bare hands. Mm-hmm. Broke it in half. Saw that. Some real monster shit. You know, for a second, I was going to say, before, like, you know, I thought about this just a few days ago, I was going to say, you know what? Matt might be right. Braun Strowman might win this Money in the Bank ladder match because I thought, you know, as the new Kane, that he would do some Kane shit and win that match and cash it in later on that night. Then I remembered, oh, yeah, Brock Lesnar won't be there. So, no, he won't do that shit. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> so, anyway, Finn Balor and KO, they had a good match. Somehow a ladder got involved. I don't remember how, but I know Finn Balor did a coup de gras off the ladder. And I'm sitting here thinking. KO brought it in. Yeah, I know he brought it in. But what I want to know is what happened to the rules? Like, can you just bring a ladder into any singles match? And as long as you don't hit someone with it, you can do whatever the fuck you want off it. The match was over. Was that after the match? Yeah. I must have missed that the match was over. I thought it was still during the match. I don't remember how the match ended, but I'm 99% sure the match was over at that point. Don't ask me who won. I don't Okay. Well, that's much better because I'm sitting here like, I didn't know you could just bring a ladder in and jump off it onto somebody and it's not a disqualification. Technically, he didn't use it as a weapon. So... Technically, I think you can. It's just like, you know. That is something that we need to. Would you be disqualified, you know, if you were fighting on the outside of the ring and you stood on the announce table and jumped off of it? No, no, you wouldn't. Actually, you don't even get it disqualified for putting someone through an announce table. Exactly. Here's the thing. As long as you don't hit them with that object, you can do whatever you want. You can throw them into the stairs. As long as you don't hit them with the stairs, you're not disqualified. But you cannot pull a table from under the ring, set it up, and then put them through that table. You're right. So I think if you put them through an object that you introduced <laughs> to the match that wasn't already around the ring, then that's a disqualification. But if you throw them into things and put them through things that were already there before the match started, it's not a disqualification. And you can so, jump off of anything you want as long as you don't hit them with that thing. Okay. Fair enough. We got to get over to SmackDown. Um, do we have to? Right off the bat, we started off with... Yeah, we do. So, hey, that first segment with Carmella was fucking awesome because Carmella... It was great. It was. It was. I agree. Mella is money. And just so you guys know... I don't know how this is going to come out, but there's a little delay from when I see Travis talk and when I hear him in my headphones. So if you hear like semi-long pauses, it's because I stop when I see Travis start talking so I don't talk over him. But then the audio doesn't kick in for like three seconds after I shut up. So if it sounds weird, that's what's going on. But anyway, Mella is money and she's amazing on the fucking mic. And she proved it with the behind the mask with Carmella where she exposes Asuka. I enjoyed that. Mandy and Sonya come out and say, you know, they want a piece of, they both want a piece of Asuka because Asuka had come out and interrupt, interrupted uh, Carmella. And Asuka, or then Paige comes out, I'm sorry, Paige comes out and says, well, none of you speak for me. I don't know how many times I got to tell you people, I'm in charge around here. No one speaks for me. So Asuka, who do you want to fight tonight? And Asuka says, give me them both. So she makes that handicap match, and Asuka makes Sonya tap. And I got to say, that portion of the match where Sonya and Asuka were going at it, yeah, but that portion of the match where Sonya and Asuka were going at it looked really, really good. Like, they did a really good job, and I was very impressed by Sonya Deville, and that is something I've not been able to say up until this point. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that match. Like I said, Asian Lady Goldberg, that's what she does. Even if they got, gave her that one loss, like, you know, they kind of had to do that. They couldn't let her stay undefeated forever. I get it. But, yeah. 
Carmella then proceeds after the match to hit Asuka with the belt. Um, and that's kind of how that segment ended with Carmella on top, which Travis Carmella on the mic is like the rock. No, it's not early on. Nope. Don't say that. Go ahead. No, I'm talking like right when he got to the nation early on, on the mic, not what he became. Nope. Nope. Don't even compare it at all. Why, why would you even bring up his name? But go ahead. There is nobody better on the mic in WWE right now than Carmella, and the only one close is Alexa Bliss. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. To the New Day, but go ahead. I would say they're better. They're entertaining, but I wouldn't say they're better on the mic. I would. Okay. Well, you brought them up, so we'll. We'll talk about this. This was our main event. We had a backstage segment with the Miz and the New Day. Yeah, that was it. She hit Oscar with the belt, and that was the end of the segment. Okay. Okay. I thought you. I was just singing her praises because she's fucking amazing. Oh, okay. Wait. Sorry. No, I was just trying to find a way to compare Carmella to somebody because her mic work is amazing. But anyway, I'm not saying her mic work isn't great. Like I will give that to her, but I think the new day is better on the mic than her, but yeah, she is really good on the mic. Like very good. Short of the new day. I don't think she's better than well. I think she is better than anybody. Yeah. I was going to just let you get that in. Because uh, I knew you caught yourself. Uh, yeah. I can see it on your face. So anyway, we had a backstage segment where the New Day came up and wanted to talk to the Miz and apologize for the fact that they came out on Miz TV and did not announce what member was going to be. And they're like, yeah, you know, we were kind of dicks. We're sorry about that. We want to make it up. So we have a hat with our names in it. We're going to let you pick out of the hat who it is. They blindfold the Miz. They swap out the hats. The Miz sticks his hand. In pancake batter. Meanwhile, the entire time they're making sexual innuendos, and Big E is dying laughing, like can't contain himself. And I couldn't tell if it was a really bad fake laugh or if that was a really, really hard, like real laugh. No, he found that shit fucking hilarious. Because the thing is, you got to see when they were like did the whole their little gyrations and shit, where they would say, you know, money in the bank. Blah, blah blah blah. He kept going after that. Did a little shake thing, like he was orgasming, which is funny as fuck to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, to add to the sexual innuendo, after the Miz dipped his hand in the pancake batter, he pretty much gave um, Kofi and Big E cum shots because he's pointing at him and he's flicking pancake batter and it's splattering across mm-hmm. their fucking face. Money shots across their face. So they're taking pancake. Yeah. yeah, pancake batter bunny shots. Then he proceeded to insult Mr. Bootiesworth and wipe the pancake batter onto Mr. Bootyworth's shirt, and the New Day How promised they'd get him a new shirt. How dare he? I agree. But the New Day promised they'd get him a, a new shirt. Um, in the match, it was the New Day versus The Miz and Rusev and Joe, but Rusev and Joe just left. Like yes, yes, yes. They well because Miz did some stupid. They said (laughs) true. Yeah, he he hit his partners with pancakes, and that's probably not the best thing to do when your partners are Samoa Joe and Rusev. So they bailed on him, and the new day hit the midnight hour and got the win. Yo, did you skip over the fucking you know Jimmy and Naomi versus you know? Lana and Aiden English match, or we just, you know. No, we're not done talking. I just, you brought up the New Day being the best of the mic, so I used that as a transition to talk about another thing on SmackDown. Wasn't that the main event? So we went to the New Day. It was the main event. And now that we talked about how Rusev was in the main event, we are going to use that to transition into how Naomi and... Jimmy had a match against Lana and Aiden because Rusev was already in a match. So Aiden had to fill in for Rusev and we had a mixed tag team match where Jimmy and Naomi beat Lana and Aiden English and Naomi had some good fucking spots in that match. Great fucking spots. That's why I was about to say we are not about to skip over this shit. I 
I'm just making sure. I'm sorry. I'll let and you I, run the show. I'm sorry. I've, I I would appreciate that. I, I have to appreciate the fact that Aiden English was playing up getting hit in the throat and how Lana like, hey, hey, stop hitting him in the throat. That's his moneymaker. Even though he's a professional wrestler, he doesn't have a fucking contract to sing. He's worried about getting hit in the throat. Well, here's the thing. If he can never sing again, you know, what good is he? <laughs> like, it's just anybody can do what he does if he's not doing the Rusev Day singing thing. So, yeah. Do you have any thoughts? Uh, uh, wow. that I was not going to mumble that much there. Um, Naomi doing the Uso where she stomps her feet and bounces off the ropes, and then Jimmy pulled the rope down so she could do the yeah, suicide man. dive over was I nice. Like I enjoyed that a lot. I enjoyed that whole match. Like the whole match was good. It was good. It was entertaining. Even though Lana still isn't the best in the ring. Like she didn't botch getting hit, which was good. Like she took the hits. I don't know if Naomi was just like, listen, this needs to look good. So I'm going to hit you for real or what happened. But it looked like, you know, she didn't fall too early and, get missed or whatever. Like it looks like she took it pretty well. So I was entertained by that entire match while we're on the subject of the women's money in the bank. We had Becky versus Charlotte and going into this match, Charlotte was beating Becky four to three. What? Said another great match, but go ahead. It was. And Becky was loose. Well, Charlotte was up four to three in singles matches against Becky Lynch. Surprisingly, Becky Lynch beats Charlotte with the disarmor and it was a great match. And I was really happy to see them give Becky a good clean win over someone like Charlotte. Yeah. They kind of been shitting on her for a while. So it was good to see her get a, get a good clean win. Do you think that bodes well for her going into the female money in the bank match? No, no, I don't think she's going to win it, but it's still good for her to get some wins in. Cause like, she's kind of been losing a lot lately. So I agree. Over on the Smack and a Raw page, I posted polls to see who everyone wanted to, not thought would, but wanted to win both the men and women's money in the banks. And Braun Strowman and Ember Moon were the over-resounding favorites of who people want to see win those matches. That doesn't mean that they're going to or that it makes sense, but uh, I hope Ember does. So do I. Um... Oh, this was fucking cool. So we had a contract signing between AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, but it wasn't your normal contract signing out in the ring. They did it backstage, and Paige presided over it, which didn't it feel more official, like more real when they do it backstage? Exactly. It was pre-recorded and everything. It felt cleaner. Like it just, like they actually took the time, like, oh, let's make a real contract signing like package and make it look good. So, yeah. Uh, yeah no I fucking loved it I thought it was great uh, Shinsuke did the whole thing where the pen wouldn't write and he's just kind of twirling it around his fingers and he's stalling and AJ's getting all pissed off telling him you know and I know that you can't beat me clean and Paige guaranteed us and made a point of guaranteeing us that despite the fact that it is a last man standing match there will be a definitive winner which I think is going to come into play at the end of this match We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I'm thinking we will get a definitive winner. If- you don't think we'll get a definitive winner if what? I think we will get a definitive winner. Oh, we're going to, but what I'm thinking might happen is we might get a double count out and then the match gets restarted because Paige says we have to have someone win. I think there's going to be some bullshit at the end and Paige is going to restart the match because she guaranteed we're going to get a winner. Yeah, I'm all about that then. Yeah. Um, yeah, last thing to talk about, we had uh, the Bludgeon Brothers who made their first actual appearance live on SmackDown, and I don't know how many weeks since they won the SmackDown Tag Team titles, and Luke Harper took on Carl Anderson. And Carl Anderson rolled up Luke Harper, which for guys that they made out to be these dominating monsters – it really surprises me that they gave, even though he pulled the tights and it was a quick roll-up, they gave the win to Carl Anderson and not, like, 
put Luke Gallows in there and had him get lucky because of the size comparison. Like they let the little guy get one over on these guys that they haven't even really fully established as monsters, but they were kind of starting to. And this is their first real title defense after, you know, retaining against the Usos. Makes sense though, because the way they established them is like nobody has any chance against them whatsoever. Because going into this match, do you think that Gallows and Anderson have a chance against them at all? No. Okay, no. they have to establish that like this other team team has some kind of chance against them. So I, that doesn't surprise me at all. They did that. I'm glad we did talk about this because this has actually become a segment here on. Uh the Smackin' Raw podcast, it's what did Matt Ritter forget to talk about on Monday Night Raw before he went to SmackDown. Every week I forget one thing, and the one thing I did forgot did forget was we had a promo from Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy before a tag team battle royal, which the B team won. Now they say they get a tag team title shot, but they didn't say it was at Money in the Bank, so I'm assuming it's not going to be at Money in the Bank. I don't know Yo, when I it's going to be. Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy on Raw in like a month. <laughs> what the fuck and you haven't seen the B team either. I saw them this week. They were I saw their match this week. Um, but I meant to. Did you go back up. when I tagged you in the uh, B team barbecue and watch the B team barbecue? I saw that and I forgot to click on it later because when I when you when you posted it, I was busy and I'm like I'll watch that later and I forgot. But I meant to bring up the travesty of the week. Um, the travesty of the week is them just denying me all that Baron Corbin stuff that was actually like good Baron Corbin stuff that I just had not seen since I first laid eyes on Baron Corbin. So the fact that they didn't show me that is my travesty of the week. Okay. I will find the Baron Corbin stuff and I will tag you in it. So when you are busy, you can see it and tell yourself to go watch it and then completely forget about it next week. We will talk about how you meant to go watch it, but you were busy and then you forgot. Here's the magic of Facebook. I can watch it anytime. I know. Well, Travis, other than that, not a whole lot going on. So uh, who's winning on Monday Night Raw? On Monday Night Raw. Hmm, that's a good question. Let me think back. I'll say the B team because they, you know, they got that win and now they got that title shot. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the B team. Well, I'm going to give you that because the B team is still undefeated. Uh, My pick, because you picked the B team and I was debating between the two, uh, my pick, as I said earlier, is going to be Baron Corbin because he is now the constable of Monday Night Raw. He's the voice of Stephanie McMahon. He had one of the best segments on Monday Night Raw, which that's the first time I think I can say that about him and it actually be true. And it's not just me trying to hype up one of the guys I really like. And uh, yeah, it looks like things are going to be good for Baron Corbin going forward with this new role that they've got him in. So Baron Corbin's winning for me. Who's losing on Monday Night Raw? On Raw, I'm going to say Nia Jax is losing because we just don't know what the fuck they're doing with her. And I don't think they know either. They're in the process of ruining this character, and I don't like it. I get that. And so I'm torn between three things, Travis, and I want you to help me decide. One is the Nia Jax thing. That is, you know, absolutely a good reason to be losing. The other is Kurt Hawkins because now he's got 200 losses in a row. Who really cares? (laughs) And that can't be overlooked. And then the third and final thing was, um, what was I looking at? Oh, Bailey, because she went from saving Sasha number and maybe making friends and fixing shit to just being complete and total asshole again. And, being the reason they lost the match instead of the reason they won, despite her good intentions. Well, as far as the Kurt Hawkins thing, that doesn't even matter to anybody except for the folks who were in that arena that night. So I'd go with Bailey. <laughs> okay. Well, that's where I'm going to go then. Uh, who's winning on SmackDown? 
smacking down, I'd go with. I'd go with the New Day because not only did they get that win, but they also succeeded in fucking with the Miz more. So, yeah, I'll go with the New Day. I like that. You know, this one's really hard because I feel like every segment on SmackDown was winning. You had Carmella in segment one. She was winning. You had Anderson beating Harper. That's a win for the fucking club because, like you said, no one expects them to get a win over Harper and Rowan. Jimmy and Naomi are definitely winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becky Lynch is absolutely winning because she beat Charlotte. And then the New Day fucking with The Miz and pinning The Miz and still not telling us who's going to be in the match and keeping it a secret until, like you said, probably Money in the Bank. This sounds like just a week where SmackDown was just better than Raw. So I'm going to say that SmackDown is winning for SmackDown this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that. All right. Who's losing on SmackDown? The Bludgeon Brothers. I see, I was gonna go with the Miz. Yeah, him too. Uh yeah, both are both are good, but uh The Miz got beat down by all three members of the New Day, abandoned by his tag team, and also had to stick his hand in a fucking tiny top hat full of fucking pancake batter. So that's true. That's true. So I'm going to go with the Miz. All right. Well, Travis, I believe two more weeks of the creation magazine presents super flashy arrow of tomorrow podcast, though. I know you feel like it's going to be forever. I'm so tired, Matt. Like, (laughs) why is it going on for so long? I understand that. I don't know. I, I I don't know. But everyone can find, if you are a fan of the Arrowverse, Flareoverse, or whatever Travis and Mar decide to call it the week that they're doing the podcast, if you guys are a fan of the CW DC comic book shows, please check out the Super Flashy Arrow of Tomorrow podcast and go to facebook.com slash groups slash Super Flashy Arrow of Tomorrow Join the group, get in the discussion. It's really fun. And uh, we occasionally get wrestling crossovers here. We've seen Edge and Stardust go over there. Uh, so there's our tie into that. Also, if you were a fan of Star Trek fan, Tuvok was on there last week. But go ahead. And they named a character Miss Tessmacher, which is Brooke Tessmacher from TNA. And Travis didn't even bring that up. And I was very disappointed when I listened to this well, podcast. The problem with that, it was just really hard to kind of work that in because anything I said about her would have been overtly sexual. So, yeah, go ahead. I, no, I'm not going to let that slide because every chance you get, if there's a Star Trek reference, you will go out of your way to tell everyone they were talking about Star Trek and this is what it was. So you easily could have done it. It wasn't a matter of working it in. You just chose not to. You can't prove that. Anyway, Wild Wild West World, uh, roughly 30 minutes after West World ends every Sunday. It's a live show. You can find it at the Creation Magazine page at facebook.com slash creation magazine and at facebook.com slash group slash Wild Wild West World, where you can join that group and get in the discussion about that show. Um, you can also get in our discussion every pay-per-view at facebook.com slash smacking it raw and find us at facebook.com slash creation magazine and facebook.com slash group slash smacking it raw live every pay-per-view 30 minutes after the pay-per-view me and Travis or some combination of me, Travis and a special guest will be there discussing the pay-per-view after the pay-per-view live. You will also be able to see my live Facebook live streams from money in the bank while I'm there the, uh, next Sunday when that happens, Travis, they can find you on Twitter at Sir Cussalot. That is S- at S I R underscore C U S S A L O T T. That's correct. And me at Matt Ritter at M A T T R I D D E R. Please, if you haven't already, like and subscribe and leave us a comment. Five stars. Let us know you enjoy this podcast. That is it for tonight. Travis, say goodnight.
Good night. We are smacking it raw, and we are that damn good.